Thanks, George. What a good reminder and a good challenge for us this morning as we give to God. Why don't we just take a moment and just commit this time to prayer as I bring the word this morning. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you that you are indeed in our midst, that you are here among us, uh, that you have plans and purposes for each one of us. God, I thank you that you are that great provider. And God, I just pray this morning as we, as we open your word, as we get into your scriptures, that you would just reveal to us and you the things that we need to know. God, I pray you would open our ears and our hearts and our minds ready to receive what it is that you have for us. Help us to be attentive to you this morning, Lord God, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. I want to I say thanks to Bruce this morning too. Oh, here he is down the front here. So just as, as I was preparing this message and as Bruce brought the songs, I just really felt like God was going to do something this morning and that's been reinforced with what Mitch brought with his communion about what, what we need to do. It's not about what we need to do, it's about God and what he does in us. And I want to thank you, Bruce, just for leading us into God's presence this morning and to draw our attention to God. And so now as we, as we open his word, I want, to, I want to start the message this morning with a, with a verse from, from Matthew 17. Oh, sorry, Matthew 7, 13. Um, and I'm actually going to read it from the Message Bible translation to start off with. And it says this, it says, Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for a successful life that can be practised in your spare time. But don't fall for that stuff, even, even though crowds of people do. The way to life, the way to God, is vigorous and requires total attention. In the, in the New Living Translation, it reads this way, it says that you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate and the highway to hell is broad and his gate is wide and so many, who, many choose that way. And so as, we, as we've just read this morning, there is, there is no shortcut and there is only a narrow way into God's kingdom. And what, what God's really put on my heart to share this morning, he's, he's been stirring in me over a number of weeks and it's about how we, how we stay on that right path, how we stay on the narrow path and that's what I want to talk to you about um, today. And you know, Neil, our, our senior pastor, has, has a particular saying, which, which he uses fairly frequently, that as I've prepared has been bouncing around in my head. Um, and, it, and it's a saying that is for, for every one mile of road, there is two miles of ditch. Does everyone know that one? Um, now, maybe you're here this morning, you don't understand miles as a unit of measure. Um, I took some, some time to do some, some very difficult maths um, and I've worked out that for every 1.609 kilometres, um, there is 3.218 kilometres of ditch. Um, 
you know, maybe we should round that up a little bit. So it's for every 1.61 kilometres, there's 3.22 kilometres of ditch. Um, so, you know, and maybe it doesn't have the same ring to it as Neil's version, but you can pick and choose um, which one you might like to, to, to grab hold of. Um, Neil and I were actually catching up with Mal Good um, during the week, and Mal is the, the pastor at Kaz Baptist, so shout out to Mal on the live stream. Um, if he's watching, I'm, I'm assuming he is. Um, <laughs> but of course he is, that's right. Um, I, I mentioned this particular saying as we were having, having coffee during the week and, and he actually shared a story about travelling through the outback and he stopped at a petrol station and, and as he was leaving, the guy behind the counter said to him, make sure you stay on the black stuff. I like that one, that's, that's pretty good. And so you can, you can pick whichever one of those that you want to you grab hold of and, and hang on to today. But, but that's really what God is, is putting on my heart to share with us and focus on today. And, and as we've already read in that Matthew 7 verse that I put up there, there's, there's only one way to God. And, it, and the road is narrow. And as Neil's saying reminds us and as Mao's saying reminds us that you know, there's, there's a distance that we travel, but there's, there's twice that distance of, of ditches on either side that we need to avoid. And so I guess really what I want to do this morning is just, just have, a, have a think about how we avoid those ditches. You know, how, how do we stay on the black stuff? You know, how, do, how do we maintain a, a God-led course and avoid heading off into those ditches and into disaster? And, you know, there, there is an easy answer to that question and we've already heard it this morning and, and that answer is Jesus and his Holy Spirit. And in, in John 14, 6, Jesus says to us that I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Jesus is the only way to God. And so, so I could actually finish my message there. That was it. What was that? I think that was shorter than, than George's offering talk. But I'm not, I'm not going to stop there. Um, because as I said, I really want to take some time to help us to, to travel this course that God intends for us to travel, to, to be in a place where we can ma- maintain the course that God has for us, rather than drifting off or, or being stuck in the ditches that we find on the side of the road, or perhaps even heading in completely the wrong direction and ending up in a destination that we don't want to go to. You know, and as, as I've said, that Jesus, Jesus and His Holy Spirit is the answer to staying on that right path. You know, in Ephesians 2, uh, from verse 12, and then a little bit of verse 13, it says that that you, that is, that is us, we have, have lived in this world without God and without hope. But now we have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you are far away from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ Jesus. You know, Mitch, Mitch reminded us in, in the communion message that it's that it's all about Jesus. It's, it's not about doing all of this stuff or trying to find that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But it is about Jesus and what he has done for us. 
what he has done so that we are, we are no longer separated from God, that we are no longer alone and, and without hope because of Jesus. We are united with him. We have been brought close to God. In fact, we have been brought so close to God that he dwells within us. His spirit is in us. And so if we continue to look at Ephesians 2 in, in verse 19 to 21, it says this, it says, so now you Gentiles, that is us, we are, we are Gentiles. We are no longer uh, strangers and foreigners, but we are along with all of God's Oh, sorry, we are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. As we read there, we, we are no longer strangers, no longer are we, are we far away from God and, and without hope, but now through, through Christ, we are members of God's family. But not only are we members of God's family, but we are brought together, together as a people who follow Jesus, who love God, who, who form God's house. We are his dwelling place and and crucially in all of that, Christ Jesus is the cornerstone, as it says there. Now, you know, maybe, maybe you're hearing some of these words and, and maybe you actually don't know what that word cornerstone means. You know, our, our church here is, is called Cornerstone. We gather under the name of Cornerstone. And I just, I just wonder if, if we recognise the significance of what that means as we sit here today, as we hear these words, our, you know, our, our name is certainly in reference to the fact that Jesus is the cornerstone. But, but what does cornerstone mean? What does that word mean? The, the word cornerstone is actually a, it's an architectural term and it's traditionally it is the first stone that is laid for a structure to be built. And every other stone that is placed into that building is laid in reference to that stone. The cornerstone, it marks a geographical location and it aligns a building into a specific direction. Do you understand the significance of Jesus being the cornerstone? That he is the reference point that he is the starting place. And then if we continue to read on in verse 21 of Ephesians 2, it says that, that we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. You know, so, not, so not only is Jesus that first part of, of God's family, but, but as we enter into relationship with God through Jesus, you know, as we invite Jesus into our lives, we are then carefully joined together in him to become a holy temple of the Lord. And, and as, I was, as I was preparing and as I, as I read through this verse, I was reminded of, of when Solomon built the temple for God. 
And, and King David, Solomon's dad, wanted to build it, but God wouldn't let him, and he, but he promised that, that one of his sons would do it, and Solomon was that son who was king. And it was building a temple for God. And there's a, there's a story in 1 Kings 6 about how that happened, but in, in verse 7 of that, of that chapter, there's a verse that says there that, that the stones used in the construction of the temple were finished at the quarry. So there was no sound of hammer or axe or any other iron tool at the building site. Just take a moment to, to imagine a building site with no noise. Not a sound of a hammer banging or an axe chopping or any clanging of tools as someone drops something onto the hard floor. And there's, there's two things that jump out about me. This. The first is this is an absolutely incredible act of worship that Solomon had for God as he built his temple to ensure that, that, that this place, the temple of the Lord, was to be established in a way that would honour God so much that there wasn't to be a disturbance or a sound out of place in that temple. But I want you to also think about the accuracy, the craftsmanship, the expertise to be able to chip away at a stone in a quarry to shape it in such a way that then it would perfectly slot together into place without need of tools or adjustment. You know, and as I, was, as I, as I said, as I was reading through that previous Ephesians passage and, and the two of these things came together And as I read and I, and I readed the fact that these bricks carefully joined together, I was, you know, again, reminded of what God is doing in each one of us. You know, God is joining each one of us together perfectly and we're forming his dwelling place. And he has made each one of us and he has crafted each one of us for a perfect and, and excellent purpose. You know, he, has, he has designed a place that is just for us, that fits into his plan, just like those stones that slot perfectly into place. God has that perfect place for us. You know, so when, when we accept Jesus into our lives, we move from just a pile of rocks somewhere or a scattered brick with no purpose or function or hope. And we are brought into this place of perfect alignment with Jesus, who is that cornerstone, the one who sets our location and our direction and our alignment. You know, I wonder, as you're hearing these words today, whether you feel that you are just this brick or a piece of stone that doesn't fit into God's plan. You know, I want to I say to you that, that, that God wants you in his family and God has you in his plans and he wants you to be part of his house and there is this place for you that is perfectly aligned and positioned and directed 
by Jesus. And it's not, it's not by the works that we do, like what Mitch was saying earlier about having to tick all these things off that, that we need to do to be better about who God wants us to be, but it's, but it's about Jesus and it's about his work in us. You know, again, God, God wanted us to be part of this so much that he gave up his son Jesus to be that perfect sacrifice. And Jesus, he gave up everything as well so, so that he could come down to earth and he could be fully human and he could live among us and be that perfect example and then die as that perfect sacrifice that covers all of our sins so that we can be made part of God's family. And as we do that, we are slotted into place in his purpose. We are all made for a purpose and it is God's purpose. You are not an unusable piece of stone. There is a place for you and it is in God's family. Joined together, importantly aligned with Jesus as the cornerstone. He is the one that keeps us heading the right direction. Again, Jesus is the answer. And we maintain that correct direction in moving forward in God's plans and avoiding the ditches by maintaining that connection with Jesus. And in Matthew 7, 24 and 25, it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. When the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. You know, Jesus is the cornerstone that aligns and positions us. And as we've just read there, it is his teaching that is that solid foundation on which we should build our lives. So Jesus is that alignment and the positioning, but he's also the foundation. His teaching is the foundation that we should build on. And that ensures that we stay on the black stuff that keeps us out of the two miles or the 3.22 kilometres of ditch on either side. And did you, notice, did you notice in that last passage that it says, when the rain and floods come? and when the winds beat against the house. Now, I think there's a, there's a danger that we can, we can fall into where we think that um, we, have the, or we have this point of view that, that because we are followers of Christ, that everything will be sunshine and gentle breezes because of that fact. But as you see in what we just read, that the, the passage has stated that that rain and flood and wind and storm will come. Will come. It's to be expected and so challenges will rise up in our lives and they will do their very best to knock us down, to shake us, to topple us, to, to push us into those ditches that we've been talking about, to push us off course, to make us go in the wrong direction and it's in those moments when they do come that we need to look to Jesus and look to God and to see him at work. Yeah? Now, 
Again, back in Ephesians 2 that we're reading near the start in verse 21, it says that we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. We are joined together. You know, there is, there is no mistake that, that God intends for us to gather together like we do here on a Sunday morning. There is no mistake that God intends for us to be a family and God has designed us to be connected both to him and to each other. Because in those moments when the wind and the rain and the floods and the storms come and we are feeling battered and bruised and maybe like we're slipping out of place and we're heading in that wrong direction, we need to be fixing our gaze, our focus on Jesus. But part of that is also being supported by those around us who are in the family of God just like bricks in a wall. And that is why it is so important that we gather together. That is why it is important for us to be joining together in small groups and doing life together. Because we are there to help each other in those moments when those storms come. Those storms that are intent on making us crack and slip and head in the wrong direction and into the ditch. You know, I want to encourage us this morning to be in that place of, of doing life together because we are no longer alone. We are no longer cast out on the side of, in a pile of rubbish but we are joined together through Christ. You know, I want to encourage us to be reminded that, that God has placed us into this incredible family of God and, and he has carefully placed each one of us into a position and that is with Jesus as the cornerstone. You know, and as we, as we journey together, as we do life together, to be on the lookout for each other. Because we know that the storms are going to come and when we see them coming in someone's life, we are there to gather around each other and to champion each other on. Again, we are not individual bricks who are just going this alone. We need to be together. And that is the way that Jesus and God has established it and our position. Again, Jesus has established that position that we have and the alignment and the direction that is intended for us to travel. And so we need to make sure that we're staying fixed on him. We need to be in that place of reminding each other around those that are around us and those that gather here as the family of God that in those times when, when things are going wrong, that we are pulling together and we are reminding each other that Jesus is that cornerstone. You know, maybe, maybe you think that you're an odd-shaped brick and God can't possibly use you. But again, we are formed specifically made for a purpose and a place that perfectly slots into God's dwelling place. And what we need to do is just to fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, to ensure that he is that source of direction in, in those moments where we, we feel like we're moving off the road and heading towards a ditch, that we need to refocus our attention on him. To get realigned and, and head in the direction that he intends us to move in. <clears throat> and maybe you don't know what direction that is. Can I just encourage you to look to Jesus? 
to look to Jesus. You know, and as, as, we've, as we've read this morning, that, that as we enter into God's family, we become His dwelling place. He forms us into His holy temple together. And God lives within each one of us by His Spirit. And it is God's Holy Spirit that, that dwells in us and is at home amongst us. Now, I am, I'm fairly certain that, that most of us here today have a, a particular location in our house where maybe it's a bit of a dumping ground. Does anyone else? Or am, am I alone in this? I see a few hands. Thank you. I was, that's, that could have been very awkward. Um, but, you know, there, there, is a, there is a place in your house where if a guest is coming, there is this frantic last-minute run-around where you just grab stuff when that guest is about to arrive and knock on the door and you just shove it somewhere. You know, maybe it's a pile that goes on the bed. Um, maybe it's called the shed um, or the study. Perhaps it's just called the junk room. Um, but, when, but when that guest arrives, there is, there is absolutely no way under any circumstances that that guest is to enter that place. Yeah? It's off limits. You know, and and for those of us who have invited God into our lives, the Holy Spirit is not a guest because the Spirit dwells in us and is a resident in us. But maybe there are areas of your life that you haven't fully given over to God where you want to maintain control. You know, and again, as I was as preparing this message over the last couple of weeks, I got, I got this sense that, that God is wanting to open closed doors that he is wanting to to access restricted areas and that he wants to get rid of some junk. And he wants to reset our positioning and our direction. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, I don't think there is anything that's, that's hidden away. Yeah, well, maybe it's just a few small piles scattered here and there that, that maybe I need to just let go of. Or maybe your entire house needs to be tipped upside down and shaken out. But the good news is that God's grace and his love and the work of the cross covers it all. And he has so much more for each one of us. And he doesn't want us hoarding on to junk anymore. Because he loves us and he sent his son Jesus to die for us on the cross and through that cross it is made clean. There is no need for junk anymore. And so we journey together and, and we remember that it is Jesus 
that helps us and, and enables us so that we can come to God. And it is, it is Jesus who is the cornerstone and who positions and directs us on the right path. And so we fix our gaze on him. Fix your gaze on him in every moment. You now Jesus, teach, Jesus' teaching establishes the firm foundation for our lives on which we build our life and, and be reminded that God has, has purposefully and perfectly and carefully worked us together to build his temple and to build his church. And so as, as, we, as we wrap up this morning, I just want to invite us just to take some time to allow God to get your house in order. Just to open up every door. Now Bruce mentioned at the start of the service that, that God is standing at the door and he's knocking. He wants to come in. I want to invite you to just open up every part of your life and give access to God to everything and to let him in and to let him to clean and refresh and renew who you are. Now Psalm 139 is this, is this beautiful prayer and part of it, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, O God, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, I invite the the worship team to, to come and they're going to lead us in a, in a final song as we close. But I want to encourage you not to rush off today. I want to encourage you just to sit and to remain just a little while longer. You know, if you, if you want prayer, I'd love to be able to pray with you up the front and, and the front is open as we always do. But just to sit and to, to say to God, you know, point out anything in me that offends you, God. And let go of those things. Hand them over to God. Because he wants to lead you along a path of everlasting life that is set by Jesus as the cornerstone. Who sets our position and our direction. It is only through Jesus that we can stay on the black stuff. Lord God, I want to I just thank you this morning that, that you desire every single one of us to be in your family. Lord God, I thank you that, that you are carefully joining each one of us together with Jesus to form your holy temple. And God, I just pray for, for each one of us here this morning that is, that is hearing these words that we would be fixing our attention on Jesus. That we would allow for Jesus to be our foundation and our cornerstone. 
Jesus, I pray that you would come and you would give us our location and our alignment and our direction. And God, that that in those moments when we find ourselves heading towards those ditches, God, even, even when we're finding ourselves there already, God, help us just to realign our gaze on you. Lord God, give us your direction. Remind us that that each one of us is expertly crafted to perfectly slot into place in, in your purpose and for your glory. And God, I just pray for strong and well connected connections within this body. God, I pray that we would do life together that we would champion each other on in those storms of life that will come. And God, as, as, we've, as we've read in Psalm 139 just now, God, my, my prayer is that you would come and search and you would know our hearts. Lord God, that you would point out that you would shine your glorious light and love on anything in our lives that may be offending you. And God, that we would just hand it all over to you that we would give everything of ourselves over to you, Lord God. And that as we do that, you would, you would reposition and you would redirect us in the ways that you want us to go. Lord God, I just thank you for Jesus. I thank you for the work of the cross. I thank you that he is that perfect saviour, the cornerstone the direction that we need. And so, God, we just fix our eyes on you. We want to honour and glorify you in everything that we do. Amen. And so I want to encourage you again not just to rush off this morning. You know, we do have morning tea through the doors there. I'd love you to stay and have a chat and a coffee and all that kind of stuff. But I want you just to not miss this opportunity just to sit and refocus and fix your attention on Jesus to realign your direction with him, to get out of the ditches and back onto the road. You know, and perhaps maybe you are here today and you don't have that personal relationship with God and, and maybe you're here today and you're feeling like you have no purpose and that you are of no use and that you are alone and that you have no hope. I want to tell you again, as I've already said in my message, that God loves you and that he has a plan and a purpose for you and he wants you in his family and God is inviting you to come to him and that invitation is available to you today and all you have to do to accept that invitation is to pray a simple prayer and invite him into your heart and so if that's what what you want to do why don't you just pray with me right now let's let's all just pray together Lord God thank you that you love me and you sent your son Jesus to die for me. Thank you that Jesus died and he rose again so that I could be saved and I could be forgiven. Please forgive me for my sin. And I thank you that because of the cross, I am forgiven and I invite you into my life. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer today, I want to 
I want to celebrate with you and we all want to celebrate with you. So please let us know if you've made that decision and that commitment today. And, and as always, the front is open for, for prayer. I'd love, to, I'd love to pray with you if you want to come. But just, again, don't, don't rush this morning. But just remain as long as you need to and let God do what he needs to do in your life. Bless your heaps, guys. Bless you.